0: tell you, if that don't help you, you're in trouble. Amen. I appreciate Brother Danny. Amen. Love him and Sheila. What a blessing. Amen. We've all been there, haven't we? Them dark clouds hang low. Amen. Sometimes. But you know what? The sun always shines again. Amen. You may be in a storm. You may be going through a storm. But you just hold on. The sun's going to shine again. Amen many times have you ever been somewhere and you thought, man, it's never going to get no better? But I tell you, God always knows when. He always knows where. And He always knows why. Amen. Amen. And uh, when His will is accomplished, I promise you, you're not going through it by chance or circumstance. When His will is accomplished, He always brings His children out. And I praise God for that. Philippians chapter number 3 tonight. Philippians chapter 3. I don't want to read just a few verses of Scripture. And then have prayer. If We'll stand tonight for the reading of God's Word, if you're able. And then after we pray, you can be seated. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 1. The Bible said, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord, to write the same things to you. To me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Heavenly Father, I do pray tonight in Jesus' name, God, that you would help us these next few moments, give us liberty. I pray you to give us the vocabulary to say what you would have us to say tonight. May we not do or say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit, but God, may you be glorified, and we'll love you and praise you and thank you. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I want you to notice in verse number one that Paul, he makes a couple statements tonight that... Uh, ought to get our attention. The first statement is found here uh, with a period. As he says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice... In the Lord, And you know, when you consider this statement tonight, in the mind of Paul, this was a final statement. Like every good preacher, he says, finally. Uh, but we know that he wrote a whole other chapter. So Paul thought he was done, but he had a little bit more to say uh, than what he intended. But in his mind, this was a final statement that, that he wanted to leave with these folks at Philippi. And then it is a family statement. He said, finally, my brethren. I think we ought to take note of that tonight, that Paul is not talking to the world he's not talking to sinners but he's talking to the church he's talking to the child of God I'm glad God has a message for this world he has a message for sinners but thank God he still has something to say to the church amen and we see here that it is a family statement what Paul is about to say in these verses that we have read tonight he is making this statement to the church and what that means to me if it was relevant in Paul's day then it's still relevant in our day today and so it is a family statement and then It's a fervent statement. He said, finally, my brethren, rejoice. Amen. I'm telling you, I like to be around people that know how to rejoice. Don't you? Uh, Brother, I don't want to go. Listen, when I go to church, I don't want to go to a mortuary and hang around the dead. Uh, But I want to go to church where there's some life and where there's some liberty and where there's some love. Amen. And most of all, where there's the Lord. Hallelujah. And if we're going to be uh, happy people, we've got to rejoice. You may be here tonight and say, well, I'm going through a valley and I'm going through a storm. And that's understandable tonight, but you can still have joy. You say, how do you do that, preacher? You just look around in your life and count a few blessings. Has God been good to you today? Has God blessed you today? I mean, you're still on the upside of this world. That's a blessing, amen. you still, listen, you're still living in America. That's a blessing. you got a King James Bible in your lap and Jesus in your heart if you're saved. It's always something that we can rejoice about, and it is a fervent statement. And may I say tonight those who rejoice uh, live fervently for the Lord uh, listen I don't shout every day of my life but it's not God's fault amen I'm telling you God has been good to me and as I've said it many times uh, your worst day living for God is still a thousand times better uh, than your best day living for the devil amen and we ought to rejoice and Paul said it often uh, and Paul was a man that was fervent in his worship and in his service amen and so it's a fervent statement and then it's a faith statement He didn't just say rejoice, but he said rejoice in the Lord. You see, there's a lot of rejoicing that went on yesterday. Depends on which team you were pulling for. I mean this world fills uh, uh, coliseums today of, uh, of 50,000 and 60,000 and, and stadiums of 90,000 people and they're there with enthusiasm. They're there pulling for their team and, and I'll tell you they rejoice and, and they get all excited and they get all worked up and some of them, uh, listen, it's their God and they live from Saturday to Saturday or Sunday to Sunday. Uh, some of them is doing that tonight and you know what? Uh, if their team wins uh, uh, they're going to rejoice. If they're team scores a touchdown, they're going to rejoice. I mean, they're going to act like a fool and get a plumb beside themselves. I mean, they're fanatics. I think it would be safe to say that. They're fanatical about what they're doing and what they believe in. The only problem is it doesn't matter when the game is over. When the final buzzer buzzes, they haven't gained anything. They haven't earned anything. Their life isn't any better than it was before it started. It may not be worse, but it's not any better. Uh, There's no profit to it. Uh, It doesn't have any eternal reward. Uh, The only thing that they can rejoice about is simply some little bragging rights. Uh, And what I'm saying tonight uh, is they're rejoicing. And think about how much they rejoice. Uh, But it's not in the Lord. Uh, And if the world can do that tonight about something temporal and something that's not going to last, uh, how much more can we rejoice tonight about being saved and delivered uh, from the clutches of death and being pulled out of hell and given a hope of eternity and given a home that's beyond this world and a life that's beyond the grave and the blessings and the joy of being saved. I'm saying we ought to rejoice. Hallelujah. And it ought to be about our faith tonight. I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for somebody who'll shout on Saturday and pout on Sunday. Amen. I'm telling you, they'll run around and hoop like a Comanche on Saturday, but they'll be like a wooden Indian on Sunday. I wouldn't give you a nickel for their faith, amen. I'm telling you, listen, uh, that's what's wrong with America. It's the God of sports and the God of money and the God of perversion and the God of materialism. It's ate this country up. Uh, Listen, it's going to hell in a handbasket, and I know that, Uh, but I got good news for the child of God. Uh, We do have reason to rejoice we do have something to rejoice about I'm telling you we got something that goes beyond this world and it's our faith tonight don't you thank God for your faith and in this statement this is a faith statement but now we leave this statement and we look at another one here that I want to preach on tonight and it is a familiar statement Paul said to write the same things consider that tonight Paul is using repetition He's writing the same things here, Paul. Why would you do that? He said, "Well, because of the sanctity of it." He said, "It's not." He said, "To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous." He said, "I want you to know, I'm fixing to write the same things to you that I've said before, but it's not grievous. The sanctity of it." Paul realized that there was value in doing the same thing, or saying the same thing, or writing the same thing. Thing. And, and so he said I'm going to write the same thing because of the sanctity of it and then secondly he said I'm going to write the same thing because of the safety of it he said to me indeed it's not grievous but for you it is safe amen now Paul why would you do the same, say the same thing all over again he said for me it's not grievous it's something sanctified it's something worth a saying again there's value in it and for you that are listening or for you that are reading he's saying it's for your own safety Amen. I, I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject. On I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You see, we're living in a time when a lot of uh, uh, preachers are looking for something new and something in proof and they want to preach something or say something that's never been heard before Uh, but the apostle Paul wasn't going that route. Uh, Paul said, I'm going to write the same things. Uh, It's not grievous for me to write the same thing and it's safe for you to read the same thing. I would say as a preacher, our responsibility is that we're not supposed to come up with something and say something that's new uh, but we're just simply supposed to report uh, repeat what's already been recorded and what's already been said. Uh, I'm telling you what I'm preaching tonight is nothing new. You're not going to leave the building and say, well, I've never heard it like, I never heard that before. If you ever leave and say, well, uh, he preached some new doctrine or he preached some new principle, then you know I've got outside the bounds of the scriptures. Amen? Uh, But the responsibility of every man of God is that we've said it before and we ought to say it again. Amen? As a parent, your responsibility, your children is to teach them the word of God. And you're gonna say it once, but you need to say it again, amen? As sure as you've said it before, you need to say it again. Uh, uh, Listen, don't ever sit in a service uh, and say, well, I've done heard that before, amen? Well, you probably have heard it before, and you should have heard it before if you've been in church, Uh, uh, but just because I've said it before doesn't mean that I don't need to say it again, amen? Paul says, I've said it before, I've wrote it before, and he said, I'm gonna write it again, amen? You say, why is that? Notice the consistency of Paul's message here. When we get to verse number 2, what Paul is going to say that he's written before, and he's going to write it again, it's really wrapped up in one word. And the one word is found three times in verse 2. It's the word beware. Paul says beware. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision!" Paul said, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Notice the consistency of Paul's message when you get to verse 2. He doesn't say beware one time. He doesn't say it just two times. But he uses that word three times. He emphasizes, "Uh, listen, we've got to beware. We've got to have boundaries. We've got to have some beliefs. Amen. We've got to stand for some things. We've got to stand for principles. We've got to stand for the truth. We've got to have doctrine. That that keeps us in the right direction. And Paul says, "Uh, I'm fixing to say the same thing to you and he's going to be consistent and the message is you need to beware. I'm telling you when you go to church, uh, doesn't it sound like a lot of times uh, uh, the preacher's always telling you to beware of something? I mean he's telling you to beware of the world. Uh, He's telling you to beware of sin. Uh, He's telling you to beware of the devil. He's telling you to beware of people you work around, people you go to school with. Sometimes he's telling you to beware of people that come to church. Amen. He's just always sending out a warning. It just seems like uh, uh, listen, he might preach a sugar stick every now and then. But just about 90% of the preaching that's coming from the pulpit, it just seems to become in some form or fashion of a warning. You know why that is? Because God wants us to beware of the things, the evils of this world. And friend, as sure as you and I, let our guard down, the devil will slip in. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter how good of a church you go to. It doesn't matter who you are. If you let your guard down, Satan will take the advantage. Tonight. You see, how do you keep from that, that from happening? you got to beware. you got to be on guard. Jesus said to watch and pray. If we're to watch while we're praying, how much more are we to watch when we're working, when we're living, when we're going? I'm telling you, we have to beware in a conversation that it don't go in the wrong direction. I mean, there's just some people you always have to feel like you're on guard because they're always pulling the conversation in some direction it don't need to go. And you find yourself you enjoy their company, but they're just very carnal. And I know we all have carnality to an extent, but they're ate right up with it. And you can be talking about the Bible and things, uh, and they can take something spiritual and turn it into something carnal. And if you don't laugh, then they think you're the oddball. But you're always trying to pull that conversation in that direction. Hey, that ought not to be. You need to keep your guard up. Amen. Listen, you need to ask the Lord to help set a watch before your tongue. Amen. Listen, you need to learn to study to be quiet. Amen. And then do your own business. Some people's always in everybody else's business. You know that? Always trying to investigate. Always trying to find out things about people. And when it's not our business to know everybody else's business. Can I get an amen right there? Felt like I hit a stump. So let me back up and come again. I'm just telling you. You know, that's the problem with social media today. We're not supposed to know that much about people's lives. Brother, I'm telling you, it is not God's will for me to know everything that happens to you through the week or everything that's going on in your life. It's not God's will for you to know everything about me. Uh, listen, that, that, that's a hindrance in people's lives. And, and, and I'm saying that for this reason. Uh, listen, you don't work for the CIA. You don't work for the FBI. And so just give a rest, amen? You can put your notepad up. You can hide your pencil. And you can stop trying to find out what's going on with everybody. Uh, listen, you've not been, listen, heaven didn't, uh, uh, listen, heaven didn't, uh, I'm trying to get the word. It'll come to me here in just a second. But I'm telling you, heaven didn't ordain you. Heaven didn't give you a badge, amen. Heaven didn't put you on uh, uh, the police squad, amen, to find the latest, greatest dirt about somebody or whatever's happening in their life so you can go out uh, and share it in a form of a prayer request with others. And I don't know where that's coming from. But it's coming faster and I can stop it. So don't blame me, amen. I'm just telling you. Brother, we ought not know some things about people. And sometimes when we find things out, if we're real Christians, we'll not share it with people. Just because something's true doesn't mean it needs to be told. He that's of a faith, I read that this week in Proverbs. He that's of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Doesn't mean he hides sin, but it means he's got a faithful spirit. He can know things without have to report it to others I think we're you know used to I never had to preach that here never I find myself preaching it more lately I don't know why that is but I don't think it's an accident the less we know about each other the freer we live amen you know you can be family and not know everything about each other is that right I mean, I don't want people knowing my Social Security number. Somebody say amen. I don't want people knowing how many eggs are in my refrigerator. Amen. Come on now. We don't got to be in each other's hip pocket all the time. We don't have to know everybody's deep, dark secrets, their inner feelings. I don't know why I'm preaching this, but, boy, I'm telling you, it needs to be plowed evidently. I'm just telling you tonight, uh, uh, listen, you live a whole lot freer the less you know about people. In fact, you can lose respect in a hurry when you learn too much, and it ain't always you're learning bad things about people, but I'm telling you, uh, you'll even be wise to not tell everything going on in your life. Amen? Don't tell everybody everything. I mean, listen, uh, your mouth has a gear on it. Got an emergency brake? Use it. Throw the brakes on. (laughs) Amen. Beware. Beware what you tell people. Beware what you let people know. Beware what you spread. The consistency of Paul's message. You have to beware. I have to. I'm going to tell you, there's so many things wrong with me tonight. And I mean that sincerely. But I'll tell you, when I look at there's so many things, I, there's so many areas in my life that I want to, I, I need God's help. I want to improve on. But I sure don't want to tell nobody about it. I'll tell the Lord about it. My wife would know more than anybody else, and, but I'm so glad that she don't tell people. You know, I thank God for, uh, you know, a spouse that don't go out and tell all your, your faults. We see each other go through problems. There's nothing wrong with that. I tell you, I've been through valleys, and you you've seen it. and I've tried to hide. Things. We all try to to keep those things on the down low. But I tell you, when you're a family, you pick up on things when people's going through problems. I picked up on when people here's going through problems. There's nothing wrong with going by and putting your arm around somebody and saying, "Brother, I'm praying for you. I, I know you've kindly been struggling." I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's the right thing to do. Can I get a witness right there? But I but my I'm saying that the 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 Bible teaches that we're to study to be quiet we're to do our own business if I see brother Wilson is struggling I don't think there's no sin in me saying brother I, I can tell you you've been struggling I've been praying for you I think that might be an encouragement but I don't think I need to really investigate if he wants me to know he'll tell me is that right tonight Beware. Keep that guard up. Amen. The consistency of Paul's message. Keep boundaries and beliefs. Beware. People try to get you to believe things that's not scriptural. Why it may sound good, but it's not scriptural. The content of Paul's message. He tells us to beware of dogs, evil workers, and the concision. And Paul is dealing with all three of these. What they have in common is deceivers. And Paul, the content of his message is beware of of deception. Beware of he talks about the character of these deceivers. Beware of dogs. You know what dogs now in Bible Bible days they weren't like today. They they didn't put a a collar around their neck. You know and and put some kind of, you know, ridiculous clothing on them, you know, and take them down and, and spend some kind of ridiculous money and I know people are dog crazy, I'm probably losing half the crowd when I say this, but you know, and you know, they didn't they didn't give them shots back then and, and you know they didn't name them and stuff like that and I mean, you know, Walmart's the only place in the world you can go uh, where you can you know, put your child on a leash and put the dog in the basket and it'd be alright, you know but they didn't do things like that you know, dogs ran in packs in Bible days, they were wild beasts and they were wild animals and, and they were harmful it wasn't some, uh, something that you played with and, and that's what Paul is saying he's talking about the character of deceivers is they run in packs do you realize uh, uh, that deceivers never build anything, they never produce anything they never grow anything how do they, how do they gain their multitudes by by working on others, uh, by, by, by uh, deceiving their, their hirelings and, and they take the, the, their thieves and their robbers and they come in, that's what the Mormons do and that's what the Jehovah's Witness do, and false witnesses. That's what they do. That's what all these different, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, cults do. They can't produce anything because they don't have any life and they don't have the truth. You know what they do? The only way they can produce is try to deceive somebody else. It's the character of them. Sometimes in church you can see that the conduct of these deceivers. He talks about them being evil workers. They're not working for good, they're working for evil. Paul said, beware of that. Then he talks about the claims of these. Deceivers. Concision had to do with the circumc- it was circumcision. It was, it was a mutilation. And, and mutilation was simply this. That's what that, that word means. And, and listen, uh, they would mutilate the body. And listen, circumcision was not mutilation of the body except for when it became the practice of salvation. And Paul is telling them that they, he is warning against that practice in that day that circumcision is not going to bring salvation. That was under an Old Testament economy. But now there's a new way. There's a better way thank God and whether circumcision or uncircumcision the Jew or the Gentile that wall's been broken down and Paul is simply saying don't you be deceived by the false doctrine that takes away from Christ amen and can I tell you not just in salvation but in separation in holiness hey there's a lot of deceivers out there today that they want you to back up on your belief they want you to back up on where you stand they want to slip in under radar and they want to teach things that do not line up with the word of God and we need to be Amen. You, You know, a lot of times you hear preachers, we preach some of the same things over and over and over again. We preach salvation. That's good, isn't it? We preach separation. And we preach sanctification, progressive and positional. We preach a lot of the same truths over and over. You know, I've heard preachers say that many, many times. And rightfully so. Why do we do that? Because the very thing that you quit preaching on is the very thing that will consume your church. It's the very thing that will consume your life. You know, you ought to teach your children, and I'm sure that you do, but, but teach them the same things over and over when it comes to the Scriptures. You say, well, what's the importance? Because one day when they step out on their own, they're going, those things are going to be challenged what they believe and why they believe what they believe is going to be challenged. It's going to be challenged in the workforce. It may be challenged by the person that they marry. And you say, well, they, 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 I'm praying they marry in the will of God and that's wonderful, but the person they marry, I listen, they may start second guessing some of the things that, that is true and things that have been taught. You need, God gives us a responsibility to reinforce and, and to, to strengthen and, they, and to keep preaching the same things that's always been preached so that, so that they don't back You young people, listen to me. You need to know why you believe what you believe tonight. And what we believe is right. Amen? If it was any better, we'd be preaching it. I promise you that. Uh, But it's right because it's out of this book. You need to believe what you, you need to know why you believe Dress and Right is Right. And it is right. Can I get an amen right there? And you need to know why uh, that, listen, contemporary music is wrong and why we don't believe in it. And you need to know why you believe that. And you need to believe it because it's in this book. And you need to get it in your heart. You need To know why uh, listen, these things that we preach all the time, uh, listen, why it's still true, why it's still right, and why you still need to stand by those things. Ask every young person here, but also ask others. But ask every young person here. Do you know why you believe the King James Bible? It's the Word of God. Why do you believe it? This is a scary question. You don't have to raise your hand. I wonder if there's a young person sitting here tonight that you're not even sure if the King James Bible is the Word of God. I can tell you it is the Word of God tonight. And I can tell you why it is the Word of God tonight. But it won't do you any good till it gets in your heart. You don't know why you're going to marry in the will of God and why you're going to wait for the right person and why you're not going to compromise your convictions and your beliefs. So he well, my parents want me to do this. That's commendable. But you didn't know why you want to do that. It's what the church believes. It's not good enough. It's what the preacher preaches. It's not good enough. I'm telling you, if you do something just because I preach it, you ought to do it. Amen, if you're a member. Amen. He said, well, I don't think people ought to do so." If you're a church member and you join this church and you know how the church believes, yeah, you ought to do those things. And if you're a young person and your parents taught you this way and you live under their, in their house, yeah, you ought to do the things they taught you. You, you. You're not to live your own way and do your own You ought to stick with what they've been taught you because they pay the rent. When you flip that switch on, that light comes on, they pay for that. When you turn that faucet on, that water comes out. They, yeah, you ought, to believe, you ought to do everything they say. My dad wasn't even saved and they believed that. And I knew they wasn't saved, but you know what? I believe that because they believe that. I remember when I went to my dad and said can I get married he said he said that's all right with me He said just so you remember you can't live here <laughs> he said you can live here right now but if you get married you can't live here he said you can't come asking for money all the time he said if you're big enough to not live here and not come ask for money then you you can get married I think that was pretty good advice now if I was in a hardship that help me in a heartbeat they taught me that principle that they're not a bank And then I couldn't, and I really had to think about that. But you see, tonight, when you live at home, you live by their rules. You live by their standard, and you ought to want to live by their rules. You ought to want, if you've got godly parents, you ought to want to live by their standard. If your heart's right, it ought to be your desire. I'm not just preaching to the young people, but I'm telling you, listen, going to a good church, you ought to thank God for a good church, and you ought to believe, uh, listen, what the what the church believes, but more importantly, you ought to believe it because you joined that church, because that's exactly what you believe. You didn't join the church and adopt there. And Now, God may have taught you some things while you're here, but you should have joined that church because, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, you believe these principles. You, leave the, you believe this doctrine. Hey, we're losing that in this hour. We're losing that in this generation. Hey, that's too narrow-minded in some places. But I'm telling you, if this church is going to stay what it is and what it has been for the next decade, it's going to take people that's going to say, you know what, I believe that not because the preacher said it, not because that's how the church is going, but I believe that because that's in the Word of God and it's in my heart, amen? I'm talking about, listen, the, uh, the content of Paul's message is that you've got to watch for those days deceivers. They'll say a lot of things that sound good but it doesn't line up with this book does it? I've got to move on. I'll be done here in a few moments but let me say have you ever heard something you thought man that really sounds good but it didn't line up. Just the more you thought about it it just didn't line up. You know if you watch Dr. Phil, I've never watched Dr. Phil. I've never been that bored. I don't know if he's even still on the air. But if you watched Dr. Phil Or if if you lived in the era of Oprah And you watched Oprah God help you if you did Uh, But I'm telling you I don't know I never watched an episode But I'm sure They probably had to say something That sounded pretty good Somewheres But it didn't line up with the book And I'll tell you where that becomes dangerous When you work in a cubicle next to somebody When you work side by side on the line somewhere with somebody and you're having everyday conversations with people that you're around or everyday you're communicating with people, maybe you're just through emails or things, after a while you really have to know what you believe and why you believe it because you're going to hear all kinds of things. The content of Paul's message, the consistency of Paul's message, and then the confidence of Paul's message. Look at verse number 3. He said, For we are the circumcision." He was confidence in his wit- in their witness, which worship God in the Spirit. It was confidence in the worship and rejoice in Christ Jesus. I want to say, Paul said what he said with confidence. He said, "Now, church, you beware of these things." You keep your eye out for deceivers. You keep your eye out for people that is trying to get you to go down the wrong pathway. People going to say things. And they may have even told the King James Bible, you beware of them. But he said, and Paul said, and I'm going to tell you why he goes with confidence. We are the circumcision. He said, we which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. Paul, he says it with such confidence. He says it with no doubt in mind. Paul knew where he stood. He knew why he stood where he stood. He knew what he believed and he knew why he believed it. And you wasn't going to shake Paul. You wasn't going to get Paul to back up. It didn't matter if you put him in stocks and bonds. It didn't matter if you threw him on the inner side of the prison. It didn't matter if you beat him with many stripes. It didn't matter if you left him for dead and shipwrecked. Paul had some things in him that you wasn't going to beat it out of him. You wasn't going to get it out of him. I'm telling you here's a man that stood for what he believed in because he knew it was right and he could say it to others with confidence and I'm telling you tonight church and you know it to be true we believe this Bible from cover to cover amen. We believe the King James Bible. It is uh, uh, the word of God. I don't listen. You have so many degrees in a crack a thermometer but it's not going to shake me. Uh, it's not going to cause me to question that book. Uh, I'm telling you that book is the final authority. I hold in my hand a copy of God's word and it's inspired and it's in and it's infallible hallelujah I heard a man say this one time he said he said I have no problem with the King James Bible he said I use the King James Bible he said I believe it's the best rendered version I got off that train with him when he said that brother I'm telling you it's the Bible God uses for English speaking people. This is that blessed old book that I hold in my hand tonight. As a songwriter said, it's truth from beginning to end. I'm telling you, I'm gonna die believing the King James Bible by the grace of God. I'm gonna die. You say, Well, why wouldn't you? I don't even keep those other perversions on my shelf. I don't study them as commentaries. I'm telling you, I'm don't. i don't, I'm not going to waste my day. I'm telling you, when you've got the real thing, when you've got what's helped you through the storms of life, when you've got what's helped you raise your children, when you've got what's helped bring comfort to your soul, why would I even want to think about looking somewhere else? I, I'm telling you, this old book, it'll help you in the wee hours of the night. It'll help you in the early hours of the morning. This old book will see you over the next hilltop. I'm telling you, this book will be there when the tears are falling from your chin. Hey, this book will help you lead your children to God lead them to Calvary lead them to the right way hey this book will stand when this world is on fire tonight and I want to say with confidence I'm glad I hold the word of God I believe it's principles we believe it's doctrine we believe it's stories we believe it's precepts we believe every jot and every tittle we believe it from cover to cover it's God's book tonight hallelujah and I believe the King James Bible the confidence in our worship tonight. You know, I don't think people have to act like me. In fact, I'm not into making people feel pressured to worship a certain way. I like life, though. I'm not going to make somebody feel like they're less of a Christian if they don't shout. Amen? I think everybody ought to testify. But some people, they just testify more than others. And it don't hurt everybody to testify now and then. God will do some things for you if you'll just step out and do it. You have to get past the flesh. You have to embarrass the flesh. I'm not, I, you know, I, I believe tonight in worship. I'll tell you, I'm not on that other side where people make fun of old-time worship or they don't want it in their church. If the mayor, I don't even know if the president, when we get one, legally, hopefully, one day, if they joined our church, can't hardly use that illustration no more, can we? I'm telling you, if a a rich man, if a politician, if a banker joined our church, but the requirement was that, just want y'all to settle down a little bit. He would have to find him another church. Amen. I don't care how deep his pockets is. We've been doing just fine, had not we? I don't care about the notoriety. I don't care what other people would... Well, I mean, wouldn't it be nice if, 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 if somebody that was just... I mean, had more money than they knew what to do with joined the church. But tonight, I wouldn't trade that for dead orthodoxy. If it meant that we couldn't shout, that we couldn't raise our hand in church, that we couldn't praise God. Sometimes people visit and they, they like uh, uh, everything that goes on, but they don't quite like all that shouting, you know. Well, I mean, I'm not going to criticize them, but we're not going to change. This may not be their cup of tea. They, uh, they can go somewhere else and join another church that God may put them in, but I'm telling you, I've been in enough dead churches. I don't want to be in one. I don't want to be a member of one, that's for sure. I've been in enough dead churches where you couldn't pay somebody to say man, couldn't pay somebody to testify. And I know people are, you know, when you go to different parts of the country, people are just different. That's just how it is. But it amazes me about that. You can be in a place where they're not southerners like us. They're not going to act like us. You know, they're not going to do like us. But I watch God when His presence shows up. Sometimes they don't even know what to do, some of them. But they'll say things like this, and you've heard this said before, they'll get up and say, I don't know why, I'm just beside myself. And Brother they ain't acting like us, but you can tell they are beside themselves. And they'll say, I, I just feel like I need to say something. I'm like, well, you're on the right path. I don't want to interrupt the service. I, I know it ain't in the program, but, but I just feel like I, I, I just can't help it. I thought, like, keep on right there, praise God. People's different, but I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit's the same. And when worship gets a hold of you, it'll get a hold of you. Amen. You may run the aisles and you may not. I don't know what you'll do, but you'll have to do something because you won't just be able to sit there. That's the way it is. You know what? There's nothing wrong with our worship tonight, is there? The confidence of it. I'm glad. How many of y'all could say amen to this? I'm thankful that God let me be in an old-fashioned church where we can testify, where we can raise our hand, where we can say amen. You young people, if you've got an arm to raise your hand, you ought to raise your hand for Jesus every now and then. If you've got a voice to say amen, you ought to say amen every now and then. If you've got a voice to stand up and say, I just want to thank God for being good to me, you ought to do that. Brother Jack Middleton sat over there, and he never—he never was a man that would say a whole lot. But I tell you, he would get up, and, and and he was so humble of a man that, you know, you never gonna—you never seen him shout as far as run an aisle or shout like that. Charles Roach, I mean, he about run slap over you, wouldn't he, brother? I tell you, brother Jack had sit over there like this the whole service, but every time he'd get up and testify. He'd break down crying about all he could get out is I just, like, Brother Rick, I won't thank the Lord for saving me, but I'm going to tell you you could just feel the presence of God. He was a man of few words, but he was worshiping, wasn't he? And God was blessing him. You see, tonight, be confident. Confident in the Lord, and then worship. And then I won't say this in closing, not only that, but I want you to see the clarity of Paul's message. I like the way Paul ends this verse. Have no confidence. In the flesh I'm gonna tell you the flesh will fool you tonight the flesh will fight you it'll fight you not to worship it'll say stay in that pew it'll call you a fool if you worship God the flesh will fail you every time but what Paul says he says with confidence we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus but he's quick to be clear and have no confidence in the flesh Paul's confidence was not in his self, but it was in his Savior. His confidence was not in his self, it was in the Scriptures. His confidence was not in his self, it was in the Spirit tonight. Hey, he said being confident of this one thing. Tonight as Christians, we can be confident. We can, we've said it before, but hey, let's say it again. Let's say it again over and over and over The same truths, the same principles, the same beliefs, the same doctrines, the same standards. The world is so changing around us today. And how many people do we know? And it's a sad commentary, but how many people do we know tonight? They're folding like a tent with them. You hear me tonight? Young people, will you believe everything 25 years from now that you believe tonight? Will you? You ought to be able to answer that question tonight by saying yes by the grace of God. You ought to be that confident about what you believe. Will you believe everything about this book and your separation and your standards and the way of salvation and the church you attend and the place? Will you believe every bit of it 25 years from now, regardless of who else sitting next to you believe it? Will you believe that tonight by the grace of God? The answer should be yes if you really believe it tonight. If the person sitting on both sides of you quits, will you still believe it tonight? Will you still believe it? Hey, parent, if every one of your children goes and joins a liberal church, will you still stay in an old-fashioned church? Will you still hold the line and still believe what you've always believed? Or do you believe it as long as your children believe it? What will you do you see, tonight as a pastor, I asked myself the same question. Well, I believe it when I'm not pastoring a church. Have you ever seen preachers? I'm not being critical, but preach one way all their ministry, and then when they resign and they're not pastoring everything, they, they just let it go. Oh, pray for me. Please pray for me that I never fall into that. I, there's a fear. I, I, I don't plan on doing it, but I'm made of the same flesh. You pray for me every day that I'll always stay true. And I'll pray for you that you always stay true to God. Don't you back up tonight on anything. You've said it before. You need to keep on saying it again and again and again as they come. We'll get a song ready tonight. I think the greatest thing that could ever be said about any Christian is that they were faithful to their Lord and that they were consistent in their Christian life. Don't change. Don't back up. Tonight you sit here with probably no intention. But beware. Look around tonight. Beware. It'll come in different packages. But know what you believe, why you believe as we stand tonight. It's so important that what we say before, we say it again and again. Say it to yourself. Read it over and over. Don't read through this book one time. Read it. And when you finish it, start over and go through it again. And when you finish it, go through it again. And go through it again. And go through it again. And listen to preaching over and over again. You've heard it before. You know them verses. You can quote them as good as the preacher can, but you keep going through it because I'm going to tell you what repetition does. It strengthens. It reinforces. And we all need that in our life, don't we? Our brother Sam sings, If
1: you need to come tonight, you obey God. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain free. near the cross, a trembling soul, love and mercy man, I sing church.
0: God's people said you know I'll say this before we close the most critical people you ever meet in life are usually people that either were raised the way you believe or they once believed what you believed and that's the sign of a guilty conscience I tell you when you believe what's right you can rest your head at night you don't have to defend it Because the truth needs no defense. Amen. Thank God for the truth tonight. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. Thank you for... uh, I want to thank everybody for coming for uh, play practice. I know that's early, but a lot of you have been coming, bringing your children and getting them here. Thank you so much for that. And uh, let's pray about the uh, play coming up on the 17th and 18th. And then on the Wednesday night after that, the young people will be having theirs on that Wednesday night. So it's three opportunities, Saturday night, Sunday night, and then Wednesday night,' <clears throat> this will be a little simple small play there with the young people. there's three opportunities to invite somebody that, uh, that maybe a family member don't go to church and doesn't know Jesus, and they'll hear the gospel every time. and so let's pray for them. You know, we don't oftentimes see somebody saved in a play we have, but oftentimes we don't. but I tell you what does happen with every play that we have, the, the gospel is sown in, so, in the hearts of people who may never come to church. And it may take root down the road. And uh, and so I thank God for these opportunities. One year, we had a young man get saved right over here and uh, stood up and said, this young man got saved, and everybody just sat there. And I thought, well, you know, somebody rejoiced, but they thought that it was part of the play. And when they found out it was real, it kind of got on then, you know. And so... Uh, uh, so you never know what God's going to do. Right in the middle of the play, he come and got born again. I thank God for that. Amen. All right, let's be dismissed in prayer. Turn around and shake hands with somebody after we pray. We appreciate you being in the house of God. I do want to say one thing tonight. I'm so thankful <clears throat> uh, Sister Patsy Parker got to be here with us tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, doing better. And Sister Patsy, we've certainly missed you. And we're so glad you got to be here tonight. Amen. And uh, thank God for touching. you. not a blessing to have her tonight? We're going to keep on praying for her. Keep on praying God strengthens her. But just a blessing to have her in church with us. So do remember, Sister Patsy, in your prayers. And we're going to be dismissed in word of prayer tonight. Get around and shake hands with her and others as well. We thank you for being with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. but Brown, if you would, come and dismiss us. Yes, sir. Go ahead. And Amen, Amen. brother Tim. I'm so Amen. 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 me later, I still what I then and I God, that he's not in my life. That's right. He's
1: I'm not me, I'm God
0: Go ahead. We know, know that.
1: Amen. I thank, I thank God all the pastors I've had in my life, all, all of them, still believe the same thing. tonight, yes. they believe started. Yes. That's, that's unusual. But I thank God for that. Uh, tonight, I Yes. I,
0: just thing. I, thank you, I thank you, preacher, for being you preach the same thing. week after week. I just praise the Isn't that good? Hey, because he's believe the same thing guess what his kids get to believe the same thing they're not off in some mess tonight because he stayed with the truth isn't that wonderful hallelujah I tell you if some boy or girl ever wants to to uh, marry any of y'all and they don't believe exactly what you've been raised I mean hey you, uh, you drop them is that right I'll never pick them up matter of fact amen you find out, I mean, you drop them like a bad habit. I mean, you just get rid of uh, it's not. I can go ahead and tell you, ain't no need to pray about it. It's not the will of God. And you'll never change them. They will always change you. And that will never be for the better. You'll suffer the rest of your life. So that's just good admonition, ain't it? Amen. And so let's be dismissed in prayer. Thank you for minding God tonight. And Brother Brown, would you dismiss us in prayer? Lord God, we love you, and thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be able to be in the house of God today. Lord, I'm thankful for the sweet spirit that we felt in the singing and, Lord, the testifying and also in the preaching today, Lord. It's just been a good